I have never thought that Valentine's Day was romantic. The grade school Valentine's boxes and cards that you had to make and fill out are personal horror stories for me. And then in your teen years, your early 20s, the pressure of getting a Valentine's date for a banquet. Oh, Lord. Well, some of those didn't turn out so bad, I guess. But really, it's the Valentine's Day boxes and those little cards. Uh, They're horror stories for me. They're a disaster. Uh, You never knew what could be put in your box. And then you're trying to fill out Valentine's Day cards for uh, girls that are mean to you. And I I, I wish I would have known it then, you know, when I was seven years old in second grade, what I know now. Girls that are mean to guys, it's a sign that the girl likes them. It truly, truly is. And uh, then girls, the guy that is always uh, staring at you in class and always wanting to sit by you, always wanting to DM you, always wanting to talk to you, and he's weird and gross or whatever. It does Look, that's a sign he likes you because guys aren't naturally overly kind. Guys aren't naturally overly nice, but they get around a girl they like. They don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. That is Valentine's Day. Tis the season. I don't understand it. It's freezing outside. There's snow and ice everywhere. Uh, but somehow the roses, the uh, the chocolates, all of that just uh, get people in the mood for healthy relationships. But you, to me, Christmas and New Year's and Fourth of July are the romantic times of the year. The tr- the true times for romance. The true times for relationships to begin. The true time for relationships to, uh, for the, for there to be a proposal of marriage. Uh, not so much wedding days. You don't really see a whole lot of people getting married around Christmas time and, and Valentine's Day. But mostly it, between like Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day, that's the time people are typically getting in, engaged. That's when they do it. I and uh, but I, I tend to think that Christmas and New Year's are romantic, and so is the Fourth uh, of July. But I don't know what it is about Valentine's Day, and we're not going to talk about the history of Saint Valentine's. Uh, some people think it's pagan. You know, you have those people out there that uh, won't celebrate Easter and Christmas because it's pagan, and won't celebrate Valentine's because it's pagan. Okay, look, fine, whatever. Uh. Do what you must, do what you please, do what your conscience uh, tells you. But you know good and well I can find a lot of inconsistencies in that. But we're not going to do it because we're going to talk about the will of God. That's right, getting engaged in the will of God. You know, you've heard of pre-marriage counseling. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Most pastors do it. Most churches do that in some form or fashion and that's a good thing and it should never go away you should be uh, always doing pre-marriage counseling you know what you should have um, some sort of marriage I, I wouldn't say counseling when you know when you think of counselor you think of you know that lady with dyed weird hair and and big glasses and and coffee breath and very disorganized trying to uh, get into your head and project her own insanity on you 
Of course, not all counselors are like that. Actually, I think counselors uh, do a great job, but that's just kind of the uh, stereotypical idea of it. I, I don't, I don't mean that in your marriage, but you should be attending marriage seminars if your church has them. You should be reading books about marriage. Mar- marriage is work, and it's something that takes smarts, it takes intellect, it takes wisdom. Uh, how to keep a good marriage and keep it a good marriage means happiness, right? So yeah, uh, but these days around here at Spirit Signal, we've got a a new revelation and a new idea in that pre-marriage counseling is not enough. You've got to have pre-engagement counseling. And not only that, but you need to have pre-dating counseling. That's kind of what last week's episode was about, uh, dating in the will of God. It was was a pre-dating counseling session. And I know you're asking yourself, Justin Gleason, oh my God, this is a spiritual podcast. You should be talking to me about angels and demons and dreams and and casting out the devils and and why in the world is there military surrounded DC right now? Is is the Antichrist among us, you know, all of those things. And you know, I love to talk about that stuff. But for those of you that don't think dating, engagement, and marriage is spiritual, read your Bible. That's right. Read your Bible. Before angels were ever mentioned, before Armageddon is ever mentioned, there was Adam and Eve. That's right. Adam and Eve. And Adam knew his wife. That's right. And they had children. So, uh, you know, Adam and Eve really didn't date. I guess they kind of dated while Adam was waking up, but it was a quick engagement and a very quick marriage. And which uh, the Bible endorses, I, I endorse it. Hey, if it works, it works. Our culture's kind of shifted and changed a little bit. We try to do things right, you know, for our people and for the way we live our lives and things like that. But I'll tell you why. It, marriage is spiritual. It is very spiritual. You, you like, you know, the Bible likens the relationship between the Lord and the church to be like a husband and a, and a bride. Okay, it's it's very spiritual. Uh, yeah, your marriage can either entertain God and the angels or can entertain the devil. So yeah, it, it is very spiritual. That's why I want to talk about it. And plus, uh, we've received a lot of great responses from our audience. So we try to talk about the felt needs, wants, and desires and the cravings of the spirit signal with Justin Gleason audience. But I'd say a couple other reasons why I want to talk about engagement in the will of God is people are screwing up their lives. That's a big reason. People are walking with God, have a citizenship in heaven, are one-on-one with Jesus, them and Jesus going strong, and then all of a sudden they start dating wrong, dating out of the will of God, get engaged wrong, and they're left flat broke, left with nothing, and because they did it wrong. And so we want to offer uh, spiritual insight, biblical wisdom, and our own personal experiences into this subject so you don't mess up your life. Okay. And there are people out there, and this this is really the main reason, there are people out there that want God to give them their wife. That's right. There are spiritual men out there that want God to give them their wife. They don't want to be set up. They don't want to have to uh, do strange worldly means by getting a spouse. They want God to make it happen. There are women out there that are depending upon God to give them their husband. See, I believe everything should come from God. You know, we seek him for everything. Your, 
your job, your education, your career, all of those things should come from God, and you should be able to uh, articulate it. You should be able to tell people about it. The car you drive, there should be a story where you can say, God gave me this car. Your home, you should be able to say, God gave me this house. You know, you need to be looking for the signs, you know, the things that are not coincidences that God blessed you with this and gave you that. Everything in your life should come from God, our Heavenly Father, and most importantly, who you marry. Who you marry should bear witness. It should have signs. There should be a testimony behind it of the glory and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you're back here to listen, and I am certainly back here to talk and drink a little coffee. Oh, I've been, I sweetened this coffee up with stevia, and it's actually not that bad. It's got a great taste to it. I can't say I'm going to be doing that for the rest of my life, but you got to change it up every once in a while. You know, every once in a while, you got to put steak sauce on a steak. You know what? I don't really put steak sauce on steaks every once in a while, but usually I put it on a potato. Oh, it tastes so good on a baked potato. Baked potato steak sauce. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, transmitting the message of God, Bible, church, coffee, Valentine's Day, chocolate, and potato sauce in the year of our Lord 2021. This powerful podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, Podbean, and many more. Please subscribe. Give a great, phenomenal, the best you've ever done, review and rating. Listen to past and future episodes. Share a link or screenshot of Spirit Signal to your church, your friends, and your family. Contact me at spiritsignaljg at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. Podcasting is the future. A little bit of important news uh, for our audience for you to be aware of. There is coming a schedule change. There will be a schedule change. For the past year or so, normally we have been uploading episodes on Thursdays. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Looking at my schedule uh, for this upcoming winter and spring, Fridays work better for me. Fridays are going to be working better for me. So you'll be seeing episodes uploaded at 3 p.m. Standard Time on Fridays. And that will start February 19th. Do you feel like you need guidance and support? I recommend you contact Yes Life Matters at 913-378-8794. Yes Life Matters offers faith-based counseling, assistance in resolving issues and conflicts, guidance through healing and forgiveness, life coaching, counseling for blended families, grief counseling, financial consulting, and mentoring. Holidays like Valentine's Day, tend to bring out discouragement, depression, and dysfunction. So don't turn to drugs. Don't turn to alcohol. Don't go to porn or suicide or any of that stuff this Valentine's week. Contact Yes Life Matters at 913-378-8794. Ask for Terry or Wendy Bennett and tell them Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason sent you.
October 2008, I was in love. I fell in love with the lovely Sister G. She was Sister B back then. But I had fallen in love, and I and I knew it. We had met uh, earlier that year on July 12, 2008, and pretty quickly I knew I was very interested. And I knew pretty quickly that I was very interested. Matter of fact, I was so interested I was in love, and I wanted to say it. But you can't tell a girl you love her on the first or second date. Well, maybe you can, but I chose not to. You know, one step at a time. Uh, sometimes moving too fast can cause anxiety. Now you think about it right now. If if <laughs> you're you're uh, going 300 miles an hour in a car, yeah, it may be fun, but there's going to be stress and anxiety to it. And uh, you can't be going 900 miles an hour in a relationship. And you can't be going slow either. You need to figure out a good pace that each of you can can go after what's best for your life, your family, your pastor, your church. All of that. Well, I I was kind of moving things faster, I think, than than uh, Sister G was. I am five and a half years older than my wife, and uh, I was kind of ready to fulfill the will of God <laughs> as quickly as I could. So, okay, yeah, I've told you in past episodes about how I knew that my wife was the one. The Lord uh, gave me a word and gave me a sign that you would see your wife in 2006. I met so many girls, but there was only one girl that I was interested in that I did not meet, but only saw. And it's my wife now, Sister G. So that was the sign. It was a, a powerful story. And uh, God has used that story to touch so many lives. So go back and listen to our past episodes on dating, relationships, signs that you found your wife and things like that. It, uh, those episodes will really bless you. So well, I knew she was the one, and uh, when somebody's the one, you can't date forever. It's time to get engaged and get married. So this is what I did. In October 2008, we both knew that we were in love. We both knew that this was it. We both felt that it would work. We didn't know all the details, but we could feel it. You can't always see it, but you know you feel it deep down within. All the signs were were pointing uh, to it. How, you know, what I felt would be my future, she would follow it. All of the things, her hopes and dreams, I knew that I had no problem trying to fulfill that. So there was just a great connection. We just both saw it. We both felt it. So in my mind, I, I wanted to propose that coming Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day 2009, and then kind of get married in the early to mid-fall of 2009. I thought that would have been a great schedule, a great timeline. But I didn't tell her that. I did not say it. I did not tell her engagement on Valentine's 2009 and marriage in the fall of 2009. I didn't tell her. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to spoil anything. I wanted everything to kind of, you know, flow into a nice surprise right? You know, and girl, by the way, guys, girls love to be surprised. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be caught off guard, but they do enjoy being surprised. They just do. Remember that. Okay. So October, 2008, I told the lovely sister G, I said, okay, we're in love and I, I know you're it. You know, I am it. God is in this. Uh, you and I have uh, you know, this has just, you know, just been amazing. So 
I suggested to her, I would like to know what kind of ring you want by New Year's Eve. That's all I said. And she said, okay. In my mind, I was thinking and asking that, you know, it takes a long time to decide what ring you want. And that gives her enough time, you know, uh, October to New Year's Eve. That's enough, surely enough time for uh, her to f- figure out what ring she wants. You know, she can look at it all the rest of October, November, all of December and figure it out and pick the exact one. So I figured she would tell me <laughs> sometime, probably the, the holidays, you know, between Christmas and uh, New Year's Day. That's the way I thought I communicated it. But, uh, oh, how I was wrong. I told her that like at 11 p.m. in, in uh, early October one night. The very next day at like 10 a.m., I look down and I get a text message from her and I open it up and it reads, hey, I found a ring. When I read that, I mean, literally, the night before, I said, I want to know what ring you want by uh, New Year's Eve. That was code for it. Tell me around that time. Why don't you figure it out? Why don't you research? Why don't you shop? Figure out exactly what you want, that perfect ring, and I'll buy it for you. Because I'm, I'm not going to go out and try to figure out what you want. Oh, no. I, I, I was smart enough to know that. Guys, you don't pick out the ring. She picks out the ring. Okay. She can know what the what is. She doesn't need to know when or how, but she definitely needs to know the what. She needs to know what kind of ring she wants. Buy her the ring she wants. Okay? All right? And by the way, if you if you can talk her into going ring shopping, that's a clue. She wants to marry you, by the way. If you're one of those couples that you have a hard time, uh, you know, talking directly. And, you know, and Sister G and I were around that time. I get it. I understand. It's hard to talk about engagement and marriage one step at a time. It's hard to open up your heart. You know, typically we're all really guarded, really walled up, and we won't don't want to talk about those things. But you need to talk about those things. But in my mind, I thought, oh, she's going to tell me what ring she wants around Christmas. She'll have researched and she'll be ready to go. But, oh, no, it wasn't even 24 hours later. It was only like 11 hours later. And she texts me, I found a ring. I literally dropped my phone when that happened. Thankfully, the phone didn't break. <laughs> and uh, whew, I said, okay. Hey, all the, the sooner the better, I suppose. Well, you know, this, 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 this was the days before a lot of us had smartphones. So back then, people read something called magazines. And Sister G had magazines in her purse. Well, her family saw the the magazines. Her friends saw the magazines. And her pastor saw the magazines. And uh, all of them uh, <laughs> talked to Sister G and told her that, uh, well, if this is the way it is, you should probably look maybe for a fall of 2009 engagement and a spring 2010 wedding day. So she liked that timeline, and she she came to me. This was that evening, or maybe a, a two days a- after our initial "Hey, let's let's get a ring" uh, idea going. Uh, two days after that conversation, and Sister G told me this timeline, this new timeline, and and I hadn't told her my timeline. You know, like I said, I wanted to get engaged Valentine's Day two thousand and nine and married fall two thousand nine. I hadn't told her that, but she came back and told me, "Hey." What about getting engaged around the fall of 2009 and, and married spring 2010? And I remember going, 
And I was about to say my idea, but the Lord stopped me in that moment. He did. And for those of you that have been in a situation like that and you know your Holy Ghost, when the Lord checks you, you know it. And the Lord stopped me. And in like a moment in time, I got a glimpse of the future. And it was like God said to me, this is wisdom, what this woman speaks. This would be good for you to do. And God further said to me, if you will agree to her, if with this schedule, between now and your wedding day, will only seem like days. It, it was like God was saying, what I did for Jacob in his marriage to Rachel, having to work for her like, uh, like almost 14 years for her to be truly fully his. God was saying, as those days, those 14 years just seemed like days for Jacob. It's going to be like that for you. And sure enough, it was. It sure enough was. And I agreed to that with Sister G, and I'm so glad I did. From the time we met to the time we got married, it was 21 months. We met July 12th, 2008, and, and pretty much started, well, talking, dating, became official, all that stuff. But pretty much from the time we met to the time we got married, all, of, all the, we got married May May 22nd, 2010, that was 21 months of talking and preparing for that. 21 months was really good for us. It worked out really well. I was uh, 27. She was 22. Uh, both have never been married before. Uh, no kids, no debt, none of that. 21 months was really good uh, for us. So timing is really important. And guys, really, her timing is the best timing. It really is. And I think going into engagement, don't make my mistake in trying to just assume they know what you're talking about. You need to be really direct about these things. You need to be certain about these things. But then again, looking back on it, maybe God just had me go blank on that. you know. So I wouldn't argue and demand it be my way, but instead work with her. Because chances are she's going to be leaving her home to move to, to where you are. If she's going to be spending the rest of her life with you, then you need to be on her timing. And by the way, I think guys are usually off in their timing. Sometimes guys want to get married too quick or, or you got those dreaded stupid guys that get engaged and won't set a date for like six years. Oh, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. And I'm seeing that and hearing about that way too much. Mm -mm. So we, uh, my my wife, then my my girlfriend, fiance, all of that. We decided October two thousand and eight on this. We would get engaged the fall of two thousand nine and married the spring of two thousand and ten. You know, not the exact date, not the exact details, and you shouldn't do that because you want to be able to have the element of surprise and anticipation. But I told her, I said, look, God just spoke to me in this moment and this time that our dating days, our engagement will go by so quickly. So let's enjoy it while we can. And we did. We did. For the rest of the remainder of 2008, oh, phone calls every day. Text messages every day. And it continued into 2009. 
I'll tell you something else I did, and I loved it, and I truly miss it, was writing letters to her, handwritten letters, you know, with a pen, paper, may or may not have uh, put a little cologne in there, (laughs) sometimes pictures, you know, all kinds of stuff. I would write her love letters, and she still has those love letters. I would uh, get to the coffee shop early in the morning and get out you know, paper that I'd bought and add a specific pen, specific stamp, specific envelopes, all of that. And I, I, I would write her letters. And yeah, I, and I'd put sometimes a gift card or something like that in there for any extra money I had. It always went to her because I loved her. I recommend writing letters. Letter writing is a lost art, but it's a better way of putting a physical like a material touch on your feelings for somebody, especially when it's long distance. I'm telling you, it works. And by the way, her, 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 her parents, they're usually going to be the ones checking the mail when they start seeing your name and address and letters like every other day for their daughter. Uh, it's a good way to make an impression. Let me tell you, believe me. So yeah, we dated. I, and uh, it was long distance. She lived six and a half hours away from me. I would make frequent trips up there and she would come down and see me. And in doing that, through the phone calls, the text messages, the letters, the trips, all of the long distance stuff, you know what was happening? Yes, we were in love, falling in love, but her and I were getting to know each other. We were able to experience romance without any responsibility. We were able to make connections through talking and through quality time without having to worry about keeping a house, paying bills, you know, becoming an actual family. But it was just a special time that that was so integral in the foundation of our marriage. If you date well, you get engaged well, you're setting yourself up to be married very well. You truly are. Good decisions lead to more good decisions. They certainly do. Do it right. Take your time. Be in the will of God. During those dating years, from uh, the time we became official, we became official on August 31st, 2008. That's when we were a couple. You know, we put it on Facebook status in a relationship. (laughs) During that time, we got to know each other developed a bond between each other. But you know what else was going on? During that time, I was gaining favor in the eyes of her family, her friends, her pastor, and her church. And she, and vice versa, she was gaining favor in the eyes of my parents, my family, my friends, my church, all of that, which is very, very important in a marriage, to have favor in the eyes of the people that your boyfriend or girlfriend are close to. And most importantly, we were gaining favor in the eyes of the Lord. Favor in the eyes of the Lord. Dating's important. I'm telling you, have a good dating relationship and your engagement will be amazing. And you'll have a wonderful wedding day and a wonderful marriage. So, yes, I knew... I knew for a long time she was the one, and I knew I wanted to propose to her, but we needed to date before all of that. Well, the time came, August 2009. Anna and I had been dating 
for a year. We had been dating for a year. And that weekend, our one year being official weekend, I suggested, why don't we go ring shopping? She said, ooh, yes, that would be wonderful. So we went to the mall, the Mall of America, by the way, and went to the ring store. And <laughs> she went right to the ring, pointed out to it, and it was the same ring that she had that she wanted back in that that previous October. She hadn't changed her mind. That was it. And I said, "Okay, why don't you go and take a walk and shop a little bit? Let me let me talk to this salesperson." And uh, she did, and I worked a deal. I I bought the ring. I bought the ring right there. Now I didn't walk away with a ring in my pocket. You know, they got to size it up and and do all that, you know, and, you know, make it, you know, tailor, make it to, to the specifications, all of that. And uh, it would have been ready in a week. Well, I explained to them, I'm from out of town. This is long distance. I'm going to have to come here, pick up this ring, uh, you know, at a later time. And I, I arranged it. And I had it in my mind that I would propose the last week of September. That's just the way our schedules uh, worked out. You know, when you're dating long distance trips and stuff, you got to plan it around church events, family events, all of that. So uh, late September was was the the time for me. And I, I set up the time. I said, I'm going to come by and pick this up on September 23rd. September 23rd. OK, so we made we made the agreement, all of that. And I, I and I said, you can't contact her. You can't you, you know, you talk to me. You talk to me. Don't talk to her. So we got it all set up. So I went out and uh, found my girlfriend, soon to be fiance, and we enjoyed, you know, an, more dates, more dating together. Okay, so the last week of September came. I called up her uh, parents and I called her pastor and I told them what I want to do. I I said, um, Sister G means everything to me. And I'd like to talk to her, talk to you, excuse me, talk to you all about marrying her. And I'm coming in this weekend. It's going to be a surprise. Please don't say anything to her about it, but I want to talk to you about it. And uh, that's what we did. On September 24th that morning, I met with her pastor, Pastor Tom Andrews, phenomenal pastor. And he actually, uh, him and Sister Andrews do a lot of uh, marriage seminars and churches got a lot of great uh, material and, and a ministry uh, for uh, for marriage stuff. And, uh, you know, I I told him right up front, I said, you know, I I feel my, my future is here where I live in Kansas City, Missouri. And so I am going to be taking one of your girls. And he, he laughed and he said, well, obviously. <laughs> and you know what? When I when I finally said, can I have your blessing to, to marry her? He said, of course you do. Of course you do. And he said, I'm available to do pre-marriage counseling if you like. And I said, yeah, of course, please. And it was like as smooth as can be. You know, I was expecting him to grill me with a ton of questions. But he didn't need to. You know why? Because I already gained and built his trust for the past year. You know, anytime I would go up there, I called him and I kept him in the loop on on a nice dating relationship, sometimes just texts. I kept him in the loop. You know, pastors don't like to have bombs dropped on them. 
They don't want to be surprised or caught off guard. You need to keep them in the loop. Just text the pastor, her pastor, your pastor. Hey, we're we're going out on a date. We're going out to Shoney's. We're going to Walmart. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Just keep them in the loop. That's all you got to do. That's how you gain favor in their eyes and that trust. Don't keep secrets. Secrets usually lead to sin. Sin leads to chaos. So I met her pastor for, for breakfast. And for lunch, I met, I met her father. And I said, I'd, I'd like your blessing to marry your daughter and to have your blessing would mean everything to me. And sure enough, he, he gave his blessing. I thought he'd grill me. I thought he'd want to see a credit report. I thought he'd want to see bank statements. I thought he'd want to see every detail about my life. And you know what? If he would have asked me, I would have showed him. No problem. I would have. For a father to give away a daughter is a very big deal. It is. And guys, you need to be prepared to to talk about the details of your life if you want the blessing of her father. You know what had happened for that year's time? I'd gained his trust. I gained his favor. I certainly did. That's what dating is about. It's about gaining that trust and gaining that favor. Because the will of God, a lot of times, it has to be observed. It has to be seen. You may know it, but not everybody else can see it or know it. And it takes time for everybody else to see it and to realize it. I knew from God she was the one. But I had to prove myself. I had to gain their favor. And that's what dating does. And that's what leads to a good engagement. (laughs) So after I got their blessing, I drove back up to the mall. And I can I tell you this? The entire time, I was so scared that she would see me. So scared that I would be discovered by Sister G. That I'd be driving down the highway and she'd pull up next to me like, Hey, you're here! (laughs) But she didn't. You know, the Mall of America is massive, and I didn't know it very well. And when I was driving up to it, I couldn't remember exactly where the ring store was, and I prayed God help me to park near it. I parked in that parking garage, walked in, and there's the ring store right there. Boom. I'm like, thank you, God. You know, God just does stuff like that for me. If you ask him, he'll give it to you. He'll help you out. I walked right into that ring store, hoping nobody from her church or no friends would see me. You know, then I have to tell them what I'm doing, and please don't spoil it, you know. But I walked in, the ring was ready, put it in my pocket, walked out to my car, drove right to the hotel, checked right in. I mean, I I had it it timed out and scheduled to the T, meeting with her pastor, her dad, picking up the ring, getting flowers, and also bought her a really nice purse, and I had the ring. And my idea was to surprise her that next morning, September 25th, 2009. Because in Sister G's mind, she was going to be packing her suitcase, getting in her car, and leaving at 6 a.m. on September 25th to come down and visit me in Kansas City. That is what she supposed what would happen. But it was all a... a a, uh, a ruse. <laughs> it wasn't a lie. It wasn't deception. But 
Yeah, in her mind, she was thinking, I'm going to Kansas City to visit Justin. But what she didn't know was Justin was in in Minnesota getting her pastor's blessing and her father's blessing and picking up the ring for him to ask her to marry, marry him. So what I did was I got in my car and I parked at 5.30 a.m. around the block of her house. And I just sat there in the car with my roses, the purse, and the ring. And going over in my mind, what am I going to say? How am I going to ask her? I mean, she knew it was coming. She didn't know when. She didn't know how. But she knew it was coming. And I just watched down the block as she put her suitcase in her car. Got in her car, waved goodbye to her family. And she drove around the corner. And I got right out of my car and stood there in the street. (laughs) I'll never forget the look. The look on her face in shock and awe to see... Justin standing there in the middle of the street with flowers, a purse, (laughs) and a ring. She opened the door and she said, oh my goodness, what are you doing here? And I got right down on my knee. And you know, I'm a preacher. I'm a talker. I, I very rarely am speechless. You know, even some, even when I'm overcome with emotion, I can still talk, you know. I've been that way since I was a kid. It's it's a gift from God. I just it's it's just in me. But can I tell you, in that moment, it was like I'd forgotten everything that I planned on saying. I could hardly even get the words out. I mean, tears were just gushing out of my eyes. Because when you're in love, you, you're you're speechless. When you're caught up in the moment, when you're caught up in God's will. When a spiritual moment happens, it you have a hard time talking. You have a hard time getting the words out. But I got them out. And I said to her, I've loved you from the moment we met. The signs are there. God's will is there. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Can you find it in your heart to be my wife? And I said some other personal things that I can't say on this microphone. And she said yes. (laughs) And I put that ring on her hand. She got her flowers, her purse. She was happy about that. And she gave me the biggest hug and kiss. (laughs) Yep, so... It was so sweet, so special. She went and parked her car, put her suitcase in my car, and we drove down to Kansas City to spend our engagement weekend down here. And oh, it was so fun. It was so neat. My dad announced to the entire church our engagement. Everybody was so excited for us. It was wonderful. Oh, I'm crying right now. God brought us together. There's nothing like his will. There's nothing like his timing. And just looking back over my life, I can just see the hand of the Lord there. And can I tell you this? The will of God is so precious to me because I've been out of God's will in my life. And it was a dark time and dark moment. There was a time in my life when I thought I would never find love. 
There was a time in my life when I gave up on it. But can I tell you this? I cried out to God for it. And God blessed me with it. I felt like Adam. You know, God says, Adam, name all of the animals. Have dominion over the garden. Do what I've called you to do. And if you will lay down and rest and trust in me, I will give you a wife that will just absolutely blow your mind. And that's what happened. You see, I tried to date on my terms. I tried to find a wife Justin's way, Justin's will. And it blew up in my face. It nearly destroyed me. But I finally said, all right, God, your timing, your will, your way. And God said, I'll do it. And he did. And I'm so glad he did. This Valentine's Day, you don't need Cupid. You need Christ. You need the Lord. You need God to shoot an arrow into your heart. You need the Holy Spirit to bring you together with that special person. You need the favor of your pastor, the favor of your family, the favor of your friends, the favor of your church. And if you will have that, God will let you work out all of the details. How short, how long, all of those things. The will of God is important, I'm telling you. Asking somebody to marry you is not just an invitation to have a wedding day with me. It is a lifelong commitment. It is losing your individuality and becoming one with that person. You need to be certain of it. You need to go into it with a plan. You need to go into it with a schedule. You need to go into it intentional. Because let me tell you this, there's nothing that is shattering hopes and dreams more, especially girls, than engagements without setting a date. I'm seeing this. These guys that that they won't set a date, there's something so weird about them. They like the idea of a ring. They're liking the idea of she is mine. No other guy can be around her. Well, if that's the truth, the truth and just marry that girl. It's just the spirit of this world. Let's not get married. Let's not be official. Let's just shack up. Let's play house. That's not the way God intended it to be. That is the pathway of the devil. If you like her, you need to date her. You need to figure out pretty quick if she is it or not. Breaking hearts is never God's will. Before you fall in love, before you say you're in love, you better be sure she is it. Before you start talking about marriage and all of that, you need to be sure God is in it. You better be sure you got the favor of her church and her family. I'm telling you, this is how it works. You want to have peace, you need to pursue peace. You want to have a good marriage, You need to pursue God's will, God's word, God's plan. Because there's a lot of good people out there 
who graduated and got a great diploma from a great high school and then pursued and got a great, great education from a good college and then got a good job. But then they started dating wrong. They got engaged wrong. And it's left them with nothing. I'll tell you what, when your heart is broke and you date wrong, oh, you, it's, it's tough to keep working. It's tough to keep serving in church. You don't have to have an official divorce to feel divorced. I've seen some breakups between teenagers. It's as if they were divorced, probably because they were fornicating, if you want to know the truth. You have got to keep sin out of your relationship. You have got to keep immorality out of your engagement. You've got to serve the Lord wholeheartedly in this. That's how dating, engagement, and marriage works. And plus, you want to have a good story someday to tell others. That's what I'm doing right now. God gave my wife and I a great story. And people are following that story. People are seeking after this story. I've you know, all the I talk about God, Bible, and church, and I, I think, you know, God, Bible, and church is getting dating and all that is is a part of that wide range of topics. I've gotten so much feedback on this very subject from people. I received a message on on Instagram from a guy his first name begins with an H. I'm not gonna reveal his name. He messaged me and said, I just listened to your episode about dating and the will of God, and it has motivated me to finally make a move, ask the girl out that I like on a date. <laughs> and I tell you, that right there just makes me enjoy Spirit Signal all the more. And my friend, you know who you are. I hope you have an awesome date. I hope uh, this Valentine's Day is very special for you and that girl. I laid my hands on your message and I prayed over it. And I prayed the will of God would be poured out upon your life. Mm. For those of you right now that are dating and you know it's not God's will, you need to break up today. I don't care if it is Valentine's Day. It actually would be good. Because a breakup right before Valentine's Day is a bad breakup. And the badder the breakup it is, the more harder it is to get back together with a person that you knew you had no business dating in the first place. That's right. But for those of you that have been dating in the will of God, this Valentine's Day may be a great Valentine's Day to get engaged in the will of God. So find out what ring she wants. Figure out if her pastor's good with it. Figure out if her parents are good with it. Find you a nice place. Find you a nice idea. Make your engagement unforgettable. Get a plan. Get an idea. You need to create a good love story for yourselves. You need to create romance for yourselves. It'll please the Lord. He romanced his church. He romanced us. That's why his love is so sweet and so strong. That's why the Bible says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. 
And if she is meant to be your wife before you take her and she becomes yours, before she takes your name, before she becomes a part of you, you need to romance her. You need to pray for her. You need to give yourself for her as Christ gave himself for the church. I'm Justin C. Gleason, your podcast host. I hope you've enjoyed this pre-engagement counseling. God bless I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I am. I love my football team, but this Super Bowl was an absolute disaster. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Everything went wrong for the Sacred Arrowhead. The Sacred Arrowhead has not rested in peace, but it it has been in pieces. The heart of Kansas City is broke. I mean, I mean, you can just feel it in this town. We're all like, what happened? Well, there's a lot that went wrong. I've just observed this in, in football through the years. And really in any sport, all it takes is for bad morale to happen leading up to a game. And people don't have their mind in the game. You know, our, our head coach, the Walrus, Coach Reed, his son is is uh, one of the uh, coaches on the team, and it's it's a really sad story. Uh, he was uh, under the influence, out driving, got in a wreck, and uh, in, in the oncoming car there was a child there, and that child now is in critical condition. It's it's just so sad and so unnecessary, and just wrong. It's it's just a disaster, absolute disaster. Well, going into the Super Bowl with that on your mind, it's very difficult to make play calls with that going on. Yeah. And then you have our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, him and in, in his I don't think they're married yet. I need to look that up. I know they've been together forever. It's one of the it's one of those long engagements with no dates. And they bought a house together and they filled up their house with all this Nebraska furniture. They've done commercials for it. They want it to feel like a home and they want it to feel like a family. Only one thing missing. He hasn't married that girl. <laughs> He's about to have a baby with that girl. And I haven't read much news this week. I just can't take it right now. I, I, As of this recording, as far as I know, the baby hasn't arrived yet, but he's got the baby on his mind. It's very difficult to play when you got a baby on the way. You know, all of those things. And, and this works that way with your job and ministry. I've had things in my life, and it's been very difficult to preach through that when you got things going on. Very difficult to work when you got stress and problems going on. But bless God, you just get through it. And that just, it's what happened to the Chiefs. And not only that, but just you, you, f- you feel all these penalties coming your way. You have dropped balls. You miss tackles. It is just easy to feel like you have lost very quickly. That just shows right there. I'm not saying right there all of that proves there's a God. 
But it does prove that human beings are spiritual. We are not just physical. There is something spiritual about humanity. And you can just see it right there. The human spirit, when it's affected, it affects the whole team. And that's what happened. Not only that, but there is just something about Tom Brady that I mean, and of course, he's the greatest of all time, certainly in, in my lifetime. You know, and he's a phenomenal athlete, and his all of that is just great. His his dedication to the game, his leadership, uh, how he prepares, it's it's just phenomenal. It's the best. Let me tell you something about that. I've I've watched this man through the years, and he has always had kind of a glazed look in his eye. It's almost like this invisible curtain over his countenance, and I never knew what it was until I read a few articles about his wife his wife is an open practicing witch she does witchcraft i mean you look at her you can see it on her uh she is full of the devil full of herself and 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 likes it witches want to be possessed that's why they do their craft and their arts and their enchantments they want to draw the forces of nature they want to draw the power of the underworld and I, I, this is speculation, but I see it. I guarantee it. Most of Tom Brady's success has come from the powers of darkness. It has. A lot of these miraculous <laughs> wins, they come through the help of devils. I know some of you are raising your eyebrows, but I mean, look at him. He kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, looking at him, he's, it, it, it's like, where does the talent come from? It's like all of these supernatural things. Yeah, the, the training's there, the practice is there, that all comes in. But there's times it's like he's got help coming from something else. It's a devil. It certainly is. Have you ever wondered how a lot of these actors, they're terrible actors and actresses, how in the world are they so successful? Well, what you may not know is a lot of them made a deal with a demonic spirit. And they had to give that demonic spirit a premium. They had to pay a price, a horrible price. But they did it, and they've gotten success. A lot of these singers, these artists, they can't sing worth a flip. How are they so successful? Well, they made a deal with the devil, and the devil gave them that power. And they, in turn, have to serve and sacrifice to that evil spirit. That's going on. And by the way, it works the opposite in the church. You look at a lot of preachers, you're like, how did you get to be where you are? You're not that great of a preacher. Well, they've got the favor of God upon them. God works it out. A lot of our singers out there, not the greatest singers, but they're anointed. That's where the favor comes from. That's where the success and the notoriety comes from. It comes from the spirit world. You have the darkness and then you have the light. Oh, yeah. Politicians? How do you think a lot of these people got into government? Through rituals, through the worship of evil spirits. The evil spirits put them there. They got the devils working for their behalf. Oh, yeah. This is real stuff. If it wasn't real, then why is it forbidden in the scripture? The Super Bowl, I love football. But you got to turn and look the other way with a lot of this stuff. And yes, there is pagan aspects to football. 
Certainly as the Greeks used to sacrifice pigs to Zeus and then they'd play a game with the carcass of the pig. That's where football comes from. And the, the Greeks would have their, their cheerleaders dance for them off to the side in the nude. And, that, and now we have cheerleaders in football. It, it, it goes back to the, to the Greco-Roman games for the gods. And it's certainly not done for God or the Lord Jesus Christ, although I do appreciate it when an NFL player gives glory to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. If you're an athlete, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Give glory to God. Make it about him. Everything you do. If you're at work and you get a major sale, give glory to God in front of everybody in your next meeting. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. God wants to be praised. He wants to receive glory and honor. Always do it. Yeah, these NFL players, mark it down. They're going to start giving glory and honor directly, openly for the demonic spirit they serve. They do it through little small hand signals. They do it through little code words. It's out there. Oh, it's out there. They all do it. Actresses do it. Actors, politicians do it. They certainly do. It's really going on in the halftime show. This really started back with Beyonce. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, don't plan on watching it. But I, I saw it. I wish I wouldn't have. But her performance was for an evil spirit. You could see it possess her. You see it in her face and her countenance. This is in New Orleans. Yeah, at the end of it, she goes, let me feel your energy. Let me feel your energy. Oh, that's that's witchcraft. And then the lights shut off. I've observed electricity do weird things when there's demonic activity. I have, and I didn't watch this halftime show, still haven't, but I've just seen pictures. It's unavoidable, scrolling through social media. These guys that look like they have jock straps on their face. And uh, what's the schmuck's name, The Weeknd or something like that? Can't sing where the flip. I, I don't know why they had him out there. Whatever. But just looking at it, seeing it, <laughs> it looked like a show. It looked like a show for demons. And it was. It was. It'll become more open and direct about it. It's all kind of uh, smoke and mirrors right now. It's all kind of covered up and unseen, and only those who really know it and practice it really know what's going on. But it's there. It's there. The devil's there. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked about uh, politics much lately. I don't really like to. I just believe there's freedom with uh, politics in the church. We've talked about that in past episodes. You look at even Jesus' disciples, the 12, there was different political opinions. You have Simon, who was a zealot, a Jewish fanatic for Israel, probably killed Romans in the name of freedom for his country. Then you have Matthew, who's a tax collector employed by Rome. You have them both in the same uh, group of disciples. So I, I, I believe it. You're going to have it on your staff, Republicans and Democrats, Libertarians, all of that. I believe there's freedom in that, okay? Okay, so I, I, I believe that. I don't, I don't think you're going to hell for, because you're a Democrat. I don't. There's some people that teach that, and that's, that's fine. It's your business. I, I don't. Because there's a lot of, I've, I know a lot of good Democrats that have made great saints. They would never abort a baby. Uh, they they don't believe in all the pandering and, and all of the certain things that we've done. They believe business belongs in America. They... They don't practice and believe all of the things of the Democratic Party platform. And like and like that. And the same way with Republicans. You know, there's Republicans out there that believe in certain aspects of abortion and they 
uh, believe in certain ideas that aren't beneficial to the church, and you don't believe that, but you know, you just, you just vote for it because that's just what you do. Okay, all right, we got that out of the way. That's all I'm going to say. But let me tell you something about Joe Biden, our current president. I have been so disturbed since election day, and I still have no peace. The spirit world is in chaos. It has been. It's not quiet. The earth right now is quiet, but the spirit world is loud. Believe me. And I have inquired of the Lord regarding this Joe Biden. And I finally got an answer from God regarding him. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, the spirit world does not recognize Joe Biden as the president of the United States of America. That's all I've got. That's what God said. Joe Biden is not recognized as the president of the United States of America. I have no idea what that means. Anytime God gives me a word regarding politics, the world, it's always very cryptic. It's always a very dark saying. It, it's never, never really open. Usually words for the church, words for saints, very direct, very open. But words for politics, it's always in like a dark saying. And I don't know what it means. But, you know, the media right now recognizes Biden as president. The DNC recognizes Biden as president. The liberals, all of them, all of those globalists out there, they recognize him as president. But the spirit world, including God, the angels, Satan himself, the demons, they don't recognize him as president. They certainly do not. Which is very interesting to me because the spirit world recognized Trump as president. It recognized Bush as president. It recognized Clinton. It recognized all of those guys I just mentioned as president. It does not recognize Biden. There's somebody else as president, or there is no president. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be fulfilled. I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you this. Pray. Pray for the United States. Pray that God continues to give us a space of grace. Pray that God protects our borders. Pray that God protects our culture, our language. Pray that God protects our purpose to fulfill what God's, God's will is in the earth through the United States of America. This thing is not over. It's not over. Look at all that military in D.C., Look at all. I've never believed in conspiracy theories, but this one surrounding this president, this administration and Trump and all of that. Who does it look believable? You know that the military is in power right now and Joe Biden is nothing but a hologram and an empty suit. And and the military is going to take power because of, of an insurrection in the Biden administration. All of this. I mean, it. I have no expectations. I have no promises. I None of that. But it looks so real to me. But I am just very disturbed right now. And I, I'll tell you this. God further revealed to me. As COVID-19 shocked, it was a fearful sight in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of the United States of America. Another shock is coming. It's coming this spring. It'll be here. And when we see it, do not be afraid, but lift up your heads and remember what Jesus said. Don't be afraid, but lift up your heads because these are signs that your redemption draws nigh. So in the midst of a disastrous Super Bowl, 
and a unusual presidency. It's a great time to get engaged. 